Today on the Top of Show, Vivek on touring Iowa and the mainstream media goes viral. Bud Light Backyard Tour tweet is mostly ratioed. Budweiser set the tone for 2024 tweet is mostly out of tune. DeSantis on House Republicans selling out. BMW M2 with stick shifts accounted for 50% of all M2 sales. Apple iPhone sales dropped 30% in the first week in China. And Boeing stock fell around 9% after the door blew off the plane mid-flight. All of that much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and service company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January, so if you click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have the BMW M2 having a sale rate of 50% for the stick shifts. Long live the three pedals, also known as the manual transmission. The only true way to drive a vehicle and actually enjoy the experience that driving surely should always be. Now this comes to us thanks to, interestingly enough, a website called Jalopnik and Crazy enough, this is actually an article that is not bashing Elon, which accounts for about 98% of their current content. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but not much. Now, specifically, this comes from Colin Woodward. They noted that the demand for manual transmissions on the BMW M3s and M4s were also strong, but the rates were just not as high as the M2. Now, I'm actually especially fascinated by this because if you look at the strategy of BMW, which Fun business fact has the longest standing mantra or advertisement in automotive history it's bmw the ultimate driving machine which again you could debate is it really an ultimate driving machine if it's a computer on wheels and it's an ev but anecdotally speaking when i performed the dallas half marathon it's sponsored by bmw every december and it's one of those instances where usually they bring out all their vehicles it gives you a little insight of what they want to advertise to the public where they think the future is going to be and Last year, they didn't have a single stick shift. They didn't have any of, any of the top-line performance vehicles. They're all EVs and hybrids and mostly stuff that puts me to sleep personally, but that's a huge indicator because in the past, couple, you know, wind back the clock a couple years ago, other times I've done the race, at the expo where you pick up your packet pick, you have the packet pickup, which is where you have a little your race bib and all the swag, They'd have all the cool BMWs you got to sit in and look at. And they used to have the M3, the M4, and they had the top of the line with the actual stick shift. And it was awesome. It was a great display, shows the pinkle of their engineering. But yeah, last year in 2023 at the Expo, they had none but EVs, hybrids, and just personally, I just yawned and stayed there for about the minimum amount of time to pick up my pack and get out. So I can subsequently drive home in my vehicle, which has manual transmission, and smile nearly all the way there. Now, again, going back to the article, they note that, <coughs> excuse me, a little bit more than half of all BMW M2 buyers in the U.S. chose going with a three-pedal option. This is according to Motor One Reports. Now, in terms of the breakdown of the other vehicle models by BMW, which, again, great Great Bavarian engineering, brilliant. I mean, the Quant family is widely successful, the, the family behind the brand. It's one of those instances where I really, from an enthusiast perspective, 
I don't know, perhaps I'm just an old soul. I appreciate names for vehicles like Camaro, Corvette, Mustang. These, if, especially if you're not into BMW, to most people, they're not going to know, well, there's an M2, there's an M3, and an M4. It's like, I don't know if they pay, they're pay. they paying someone by the hour in the marketing department for the naming department, but I understand the argument that that whole nomenclature builds loyalty to the brand. And I suppose you can say I'm a little hypocritical since I'm one of the many people who believe the best car in history ever made with the Pinkle Automotive Engineering would probably have to be the McLaren F1, which, yeah, that is also just nothing more than letters and numbers. But nevertheless, in terms of the actual data for the M2, trying to see the actual specific data point. It comes with the manual six-speed trans transmission. Let's see here. Uh, and I apologize. Let me see here. Or the car. They know that 20% M3 and M4 bars are the car in a manual. Still not even close to the M2. Uh, let's see. And then, even more disappointing from BMW, a lot of people, if you look at the trends on the community, past, especially the United States, where people, crazily enough, they don't mind having a $700, $800, $900, or $1,000 payment for, for a vehicle, the number of entry-level vehicles being produced in the United States is decreasing. Every brand from Chevrolet to the you know more premium brands, they're starting to make more of the high-level trim levels. There is, of course, more profit in them as well, incentivizing both manufacturers to do that as they kind of lean into that trend. Now, it looks like BMW only offers manual transmissions on the most basic M3 and M4, which is, I suppose I can appreciate from an enthusiast perspective if you just want the basics. I mean, a true enthusiast wouldn't even want a radio because you want to hear the list of the engine. You're not going to play the radio when you're on the track. But in terms of daily driver, which let's be honest, a lot of people are purchasing BM these vehicles as daily drivers. It's one of those instances where they're only offering the manual on the M3 and M4 if it's the base model, which again, that's going to limit your target audience even more. Now, they also note that anyone who buys a competition, oh, geez, Louise. Again, who's in your naming department at BMW? Nevertheless, okay. So they say anyone who buys a competition CS or CSL, whatever those might stand for, don't even have the option of picking a stick. The manual also isn't offered on the all-wheel drive versions of the M3 and M4. They say considering how popular it's been on the cars that they offer during transmissions, maybe BMW should consider changing that. Yeah, I would say probably. Let's see here. Now they also note that they think their sale, if you talk to like, you look at all the executives at BMW, especially the past couple of years, a lot of them are noting the industry trend, more and more people going to buy automatic and they're worried about the supply chain. They're like, they're crying. They might not know where to buy their clutches, which again, if the, de <laughs> excuse me, the demand is there, you just make them yourself. You just take out the investment, you build a factory, you start to, you know, manufacture your own clutch pedals or fly or wheels, vernacular aside. So the beer trust is a nice little refresh in terms of, you know, seeing some enthusiasts actually step up. And there are so many forums and groups on the Facebook and all these websites saying, save me on transmissions. It's really not that complicated. It just takes a lot of money, political influence and cultural change. You realistically, if you want to actually save me on transmission, first and foremost, go out and buy a new vehicle in a six shift, which not that it's an expensive vehicle, but I'm proud to say I've done, so I'm doing my part. Now, that will signal directly to the manufacturer that, hey, these vehicles are being sold, and that's what they care most about, is are these vehicles moving? 
So you need to actually get people to go to the dealership and buy one. Second fold, I would say you need a cultural shift. You gotta get people excited about actually the experience of driving, which I would argue you should savor every second of it because it is an extraordinarily fun thing to do. And thirdly, you need to write to your politicians because one of the biggest drivers, pun moderately intended, behind why so many of these vehicles are acquiescing to automatic transmissions and EVs is the government is bullying the automotive community. I mean, we saw this with the Volkswagen GTI, it was, I believe it was Q4 last year, fiscal Q4, um, most companies calendar year, but we saw it last year, the company specifically stated they won't have the manual transmission for one of the most iconic vehicles, the Jetta, and so many of those vehicles should all have manual transmissions. Some are losing that specifically because they get less fuel economy and they have a higher tailpipe emissions than an automatic transmission. And so there are threefold, I think it's not too complicated to do, you know, change this whole cultural thing and allow more options for manual transmissions to be sold in the US. But that's what you really need to do. And some companies are keeping it alive. I think Porsche is doing the best personally, given their take rate of the number that are made with manual transmission. If you want a supercar in terms of, you know, if you want a car that's really a pinnacle of engineering, and really, you know, a fast car you take to the track. Unfortunately, that higher echelon, there really is one choice, which is brilliant because Porsche now is basically a monopoly. I mean, if you go to a Ferrari, it's automatic only, which, geez Louise, which again, terrible business decision since they're used stick shift vehicles for Ferraris when compared to e-gear or electronic gear, it's usually two to three X. People are willing to spend double or triple the amount of money for manual transmission experience. Go look at Lamborghini, that's automatic for years as well. Look at Maserati, that's been automatic for years as well. Corvette, the Camaro's dead. The list goes on and on in terms of vehicles that have died. But there is a little nice semblance, a little good news in the automotive community, which is a rare thing, which is why I thought it would be worth bringing it up today. So let me know in the comments, have you ever purchased a new vehicle with three pedals, you know, as every car should be by default? And if not, what's stopping you? Is it in some cases where you do have these absorbent dealer markups or there are some vehicles there's some Honda dealerships that want to charge $70,000 for Honda Civic Type R, which is so ridiculous, I can't help but laugh at that. Although it's almost sad, you actually hear when people buy it, I can't help but wonder where the where on earth do they work, where they're paying basically double what this vehicle should be selling for the MSRP. And of course, when you buy an MSRP, no one actually used to be, no one actually paid that, that's actually if you bought a car down the SRP, used to be considered a sucker because there's so much profit built into that number already. So long story short, let me know about your experience and your thoughts about actually going out and getting a manual transmission. What's stopping you? And if you could get any vehicle with a stick shift, what would it be? As always, be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting business news, you have the Apple iPhone sales drop and plunge 30% in the first fiscal week of the calendar year in China. Now, this is according to Reuters, specifically Yaling Mo and Brenda Go, and they specifically noted that they're claiming it's signs of continuing growth with pressure, as well as domestic rivals such as Huawei, and that is perhaps one of the worst things that could possibly happen to Apple since China is one of the largest markets on the planet, and they got, China kind of shot themselves in the foot with the whole pandemic starting it, as well as well, shutting down production for all these huge companies. And subsequently, Apple started to assemble iPhones in India. And that's one of the fastest growing markets as well. So Apple's, I can't imagine being a shareholder of Apple right now. Well, granted, most of them are pretty darn well off. They've had some great returns throughout the years.
but 30%. And granted, that's just the first fiscal week of 2024, but Huawei is growing exponentially. I mean, last year, Q4, Apple also was banned for government use in China, which again is why businesses should always be concerned with politics because the same thing happened to the United States. The United States banned the US government officials ability to purchase and utilize Huawei. And then subsequently there's actually an embargo and a ban on Huawei for devices in the US. Now, granted, yes, it is just glorified spyware, but a lot of people are saying the reason why China was doing the ban for their officials to not use iPhones is because retaliation towards the US ban. So one of those instances where you always have to be concerned of what's going on geopolitically as well. Now in terms of, let's say in terms of Huawei's performance in China, in terms of, it looks like their market share rose by 6%. That was, that was in Q4, 2023. And they estimate that Huawei will ship approximately 64 million smartphones worldwide in 2024, up from the estimated less than 35 million shipped in 2023. And again, bang for your buck. I mean, there's a lot, I was about to say, I was about to say a lot of engineering. There's a, a lot of reverse engineering that goes into Huawei devices. And that's why there are a lot of similarities between them and Apple devices and other premium technology devices. And they obviously have a lower price point, a lower labor, in some cases, depending on where it's being assembled. I forget who's, Foxconn may be the direct manufacturer for Huawei. I'm not sure if they actually manufacture it in-house under the same roof. But it'll be interesting to see if they somehow try to get their way back in the U.S. market. And then globally, they're growing exponentially thanks to telecom deals. They're doing a lot of the back-end infrastructure, which is one of the big red flags, pun mightily intended, in the U.S. where when we started to realize, wait a minute, your infrastructure gear has uh, packet sniffers and uh, has a little spy devices and spy stuff on it. We don't like that, rudimentarily speaking. So it'll be interesting to see one of the biggest areas for Apple is under attack. What's Tim Cook going to do to try to remedy the situation and try to turn that ship around? Again, it's just one week. It's not the end of the world. And truth be told, Apple has more cash than most countries in the bank. So again, they have extraordinary amount of resources to tackle most problems. But it'll be interesting to see what the what happens in regard to actual remediation of the situation but it's not great news for apple in one of the, their key markets for their customers but as i always say time shall tell now going over to the cultural part of the podcast you have bud light backyard tour tweet is well mostly disappointing the grass is burnt a lot of the areas is kind of weeds everywhere Pretty disappointing backyard and the fence is pretty low so the neighbors can all see it which no one wants to see that these days now again this comes to us thanks to x or is meh let me know the comments do you still call it twitter i can't help but think last time i did a poll on linkedin again it was a whole different ecosystem and end user base and audience but it was darn near 50 50 in terms of the delta between people who called it twitter versus called it x but nevertheless they did put this on their X account, and it looks like they have some musicians. It's about 15 seconds long, so they kept it concise. This was posted, took these statistics 24 hours after it's posted, and they did learn. Now, this may perhaps hint that Bud Light social media team has a modicum of intelligence, or perhaps they simply stopped drinking Bud Light for a couple of minutes and became less inebriated from the actual substance. I bring this up because last time they had the sports balls Hall of Famer Emmett Till, which is According to the Wikipedia, a big icon of Texas and sports balls and the Cowboys, the uh, pigskin team, not the actual you know, Cowboys and Indians. But 
is an instance where they're paying this guy a lot of money to be in these commercials. They didn't tag his social media. And I looked at X, Emmett Till does have a social media account with hundreds of thousands of followers, and yet the Bud Light team didn't tag him. So it looked, and I did critique that, it looks like in this instance, they did tag the musicians. So perhaps they are learning slowly, but surely. I mean, we'll see how they do sales this year. I'm not holding my breath, but this is what they say before the video. They say, quote, ladies and gentlemen, Leon Bridges, you heard that right. Hashtag Leon Bridges will be joining hashtag Zach Lane Brian on stage to celebrate. We're releasing limited batch of tickets from our Bud Light backyard. Hashtag SL, oh, Super Bowl 58 concert in Vegas on February 9th. Check out Bud Light Backyard to learn more. Unquote. And it looks like, I was a little disappointed. Liam Bridges is in no way associated with the construction industry. I thought it might be interesting to see if he owns his own small business. And, you know, I mean, they're building bridges, which are a fascinating engineering feat and marvel in some cases. But no, it looks like this uh, Mr. Leon Bridges is a, who is he? He is a musician. And he does have 100,000 followers on the X. And it looks like he does hold guitar and have the jeans they used to wear in the 70s. So a little unique uh, style there. Although, eh, just a button up. So obviously not the premium, as we always know. A true man always suits up for every occasion, obviously. And without further ado, I'll play this quick commercial here. Unless they don't even have sound. Really? I'll reload the page to see if that's somehow a technical error. But maybe this is a... So they're having a commercial for a music event. But I don't hear music. So appropriately, it's going to be at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Or all of Las Vegas. And it looks like it's just animated... So it's a little, <coughs> excuse me, the anime style where it looks like someone drew it. So it's the Bud Light Backyard Tour, and it's got the little cardboard cutout looks of Zach Bryan and Leon Bridges. And that's it? I guess the little cardboard cutouts move a little bit. They make the names pop in size a little bit. But do they not want to pay the royalty for the music? You're having an advertisement for two musicians, and they did they did tag both musicians, so they did something right, but they didn't even play their music? I mean, again, I'm not sure if these two musicians do a lot of collaborations together or if their styles are incompatible, but I mean, I don't know how much effort it would have taken to do like a 10 second music collaboration to like a new video, music video or a new song they write together, or if they just overlay an excerpt of the you know top two seconds of each of their songs in there but yeah odd to say the least i and they even play like the cliche i don't know who owns the rights is it fox broadcasting the the super bowl or the football noises you hear so maybe they just ran out of royalty money they just didn't want to pay for sound which many people would say is half the experience of the audio visual experience some would say it's vitally important. Although, interestingly enough, in real life, a majority of communication is visual. So, but maybe I'm alone in this assessment. Maybe everyone is blown out of the water. They're all signing up in droves to win these tickets to this sports balls, music arena event thingamajig. 
Let's go in the comments and find out. Again, within 24 hours, I got, ooh, they almost, they didn't quite break 10,000 views. They got 9,345 views. And they only got 36 likes, which, not to brag, but last year, I think I got a video with 41 likes. And obviously, quality over quantity, usually, I would argue mine 40 plus were also even better quality as well. Probably, maybe, perhaps. Nevertheless, we'll go back down. I'll be damned, Bud Light actually said something in the comments too. So they said, quote, reminder, tickets cannot be resold for this event. Tickets without matching ID for the event will be void, unquote. Which, I guess they beat it to the punch because I can't help but think a lot of people were probably also thinking, hey, free tickets, I can resell these to the 30% or no, the 70% people who still buy Bud Light. They might enjoy this type of music event. But, and I was going to say, interesting enough, three people did like that comment. Now, going down to the... Wow, this is terrible. So that tweet, or post, whatever you want to call it, in 24 hours, it got 11 comments. Which, not to brag, one of my videos last year got 13 comments. And they were the best comments of all time, obviously. But they couldn't... Multi-billion dollar company, they only got 11 comments. And one of them was themselves. To clarify, you can't resell the, this prize, which... I'm trying to remember what Zach Ryan wrote. He, I'm, I'm sure he wrote some cliche song that I would maybe remember if I heard it on the radio. Maybe. Mm, maybe. But, yeah, 11 comments. So the first comment doesn't even count because that's there. So really, it's 10 comments. So the first comment, well, it's got no likes, but it's from Catherine. And she just did a hashtag Lady Curry? What? Which again, perhaps this is why we're not bombarded by comments where usually there'll be a couple hundred when they're doing the hashtag sweepstakes. We could allegedly win a case of Bud Light, which, I mean, the perfect real-life use case example is someone could be a winner and a loser at the same time is if you were to win a case of Bud Light. I, even with all of our creativity on the show and the suggestions of the comments, we still haven't come close to a hundred reasons or a hundred things you could do prospectively if you were to win that case of Bud Light. I've thought of everything from ballast from a hot air balloon where you could you know you want to go higher instead of having sandbags you have bud light cases and you just cut off the bud light case and thereby decreasing the weight of the actual hot air balloon you could go up higher now the detrimental health risk would be if the bud light case, light case falls from you know the air hits someone in the head that may very well cause more detrimental health side effects than actually consuming the product heaven forbid it actually hits someone in the head and breaks open and actually get some bud light into their mouth that that would be worst case scenario obviously but i can't but wonder i mean if you're to win these tickets you can't resell them so i, I suppose the music might be adequate or if, you know probably good bands but if they oh that'd be a horror story like a horror movie you have to go to this event but they only have bud light at the establishment which thanks to exclusivity contracts with our stadiums that is sometimes the case dear god what what would you do i can't but think of that one cartoon meme where you have someone who's in the middle of a desert and the options are, you know, simple thing here or keep crawling for, you know, 50 miles. And there's like someone last week or one last week or someone had a Nissan Altima, you know, riding that or just crawl through the desert 50 miles. And the guy, you know, says crawl in the desert 50 miles, obviously. But yeah, let's look at this first response. It comes from Catherine. Go to her profile. It's a verified profile. 4,000 followers. Joined 2022. So it's not like an overnight account. And let's see here. Looks like she retweets for a couple of free things. 
winning gift cards, all that kind of stuff. And I don't even know what she's, she's just taking a friend here, I guess. So I'm not sure if that's really a fan. C. Mill, this is the first comment besides the one from Bud Light that got some likes. C. Mill says, quote, when does the Bud Light Apology Tour start? Unquote, getting one like. Well, I don't think it ever will at this point. It's been almost a year. And again, if they were to apologize or have perhaps a mock of intelligence, the boycott would increase, but only politically on the left, as you have leftists or, you know, just have, you have people on the far right, you have people on the far left, you have people, you know, more in the middle than you in the middle. If they were to apologize, the former CIA operative Brendan Whitworth, who's the current CEO of Andrew Bush and Bev, well, if you were to come out and apologize, then of course you'd have all the people on the far left boycott it even more than they already are. So I suspect it would actually make the problem. Let me know in the comments if you think this overall sales would increase if you were to do that. I'm pretty skeptical. I feel like a lot of the people who are not buying or walked away from Bud Light, they're not going back anytime soon, regardless of what he says. And even if some people, even if a couple people did come back, I don't know if that would offset the ones that would go away because of the apology. So let me know if do you think it'd be a net loss or a net increase to their sales if they, if hypothetically he were to actually come out and do a real apology, which at this point I don't know if anyone even people I don't think would even believe he was being sincere. But let me know. I'd be fascinated hear what you have to say. Let's see here. Second one comes from Person. Person says, quote, Bud Light sucks so bad they had to block me. Now you won't. You're too scared, LL. <laughs> Getting one like. Steven Milsom says, quote, backdoor tour. Laughy emoji, unquote. And it has, I forget the, he's a doctor in real life and he actually became an actor. I think he's most probably known because of the Hangover films. But he's just screaming the audience, like in a cliche classroom from middle school or high school. And he's just cupping his hands and yelling in the classroom, gay. And that got three likes. Let's see. VNX Dragon says, quote, they probably like to be pleasured by Transizer, unquote. Now, I edited the pleasure part to make it moderately family friendly. No likes on that particular comment. Apollo Del Matry, or Apollo Del Matry says, quote, ladies and trans ladies, unquote, poopy mudgy, unquote, rather. And it's the cliche picture of Del Mulvaney and the other scary individual looking, the biological man dressing up as a woman tell, who's, a, I believe, a teacher and is emphasizing children to confide in this stranger than the parents and trying to remove them from their parents. Uh, which is quite concerning to say the least. And that did get one like, the video of Dylan and that person putting on the glasses. And, I mean, I can't imagine the manufacturer cost. Like, it's the glasses with heart-shaped lenses. Ridiculous. But that did get one like. Let's see here. Joe says, quote, What about all the other genders? Your favorite weirdo might be offended, unquote. And it's the video of, or the gif of Dylan Mulvaney in... What is that? Skirt pants? The pants that go that are cut above the legs? Girls pants and a tank top? And Dylan is saying, normalize the bulge. We are normalizing the bulge, unquote, in reference to saying that trans women can have their stuff still. It's it's almost it's almost like you need an extra interpreter or an extra layer like a translator for social media these days. Nevertheless, that did get one like. Let's see. And the rest are just memes. 
and one is just a frown face. These are getting zero and one likes. So I mean, of the 11 comments, one was Bud Light. That doesn't really count. The other one is a girl just tagging her friend. I suppose you can say that's a neutral comment. Again, she's not getting accolades to Bud Light or saying, oh yeah, I can't wait to enter your contest. She's just letting a friend know about it. We'll let that count as a positive one. It's increasing brand awareness. It's letting a friend know about this marketing activity. But then all the rest are just roasting them viscerally. I mean, this is a ratio akin to Chris Christie. Now, Chris Christie did, we coined the term on this film, the Chris, on the show, the Chris Christie Effect, a social media phenomenon in which you have zero people give you a positive accolade or response to your original statement, which, oddly enough, happened to Chris Christie twice, which is almost mathematically impossible. In this case, they did get one positive response, so it wasn't quite as bad as Chris Christie, but it was almost. I mean, the taste of Bud Light and the unappealingness of Chris Christie yeah, that could be a contest in and of itself. Be a close call. I'm, I'm, pretty sure. So in terms of Bud Light, I, this campaign is so utterly inept. I can't help but wonder, it might be so bad they might have free tickets left over because not enough people claim them. Which again, if you still have freebies at the end of a campaign or a sales or marketing campaign, that's almost impossibly bad. People love free stuff, especially in America. I mean, if you're giving stuff away and you can't give it away. That's nearly impossibly bad. But as we've seen from the Bud Light shelves and the rebates that they used to have where you can get Bud Light for basically free, this would not be the first time that they failed this hard. But as I always say, let me know in the comments. Do you think things get better for Bud Light? As always, be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have Budweiser set the tone for 2024, mostly out of tune and tone deaf. Now, this comes from the social media handle Budweiser specifically on X or Twitter. And this is a couple days ago, well, nearly a week ago. So it's got, it's had time to brew, pun moderately intended. Now, that being said, it only had eight comments, which, again, for a multi-billion dollar company, which used to have arguably some of the most effective branding and campaigns in history, that's almost impossibly bad. I mean, not to brag, but I recently had nine comments on video last week and I would argue they're the best comments ever many of them were critiquing me but nevertheless they were very accurate and I'd say pretty good nevertheless we'll read this and I guess using they didn't actually use a, a picture hmm but I guess I can't critique them, critique them too hard I'm trying to find a software that will do production recording where I can do picture in picture to increase the quality of the show I know that some people are asking for if you have suggestions please let me in the comments keep having issues with the camera I'm using it's a HyperX Hiken, um, or sorry, the Razer Hiken 4K camera, and I've tried XSplit and a couple of softwares, still not, still not working. So if you give me suggestions, I'd also appreciate it. But nevertheless, back to the Budweiser. All he said was, "quote Set the tone for 2024. Order a bucket for the table." Unquote. Which I suppose is a reference to a weird phenomenon in which you can get, <laughs> excuse me, bottles of beer in a bucket. Because I guess serving individual bottles is too much effort for the server. I, I, it's, I guess it's a, it's not really that effective of a delivery method for delivering alcohol to a table if you think about it. I, I suppose it's good marketing because you have multiple beverage bottles with your logo on it. But a more effective way would be to use one of those, I forget what you call them, but if you're an alcoholic or you have a lot of friends, they have the big like tubes of beer where they just, they just take the swill and put in a big plastic tube and put the tube on your table and they can distribute them or dispense them at your will. But yeah, 
the beer I mean the beer bucket is always weird to me but nevertheless that got 9,289 views which is terrible for a multi-billion dollar company not to brag but I got 200 views on one of my Bud Light videos earlier this month and I would argue my views are the, be the best audience on the planet quality over quantity always obviously and they got 42 likes which is also not great for a multi-billion dollar brand but maybe on a low and again it's just set the tone for 2024 so they're insinuating you should start your new year not by reading a book going to the gym improving yourself maybe eating some vegetables walking a little bit more improving your spirituality no no no, no. don't don't start your new year like that start it by ordering mediocre rudimentary beer i it, start your year off as an alcoholic i can't think of a worse way to start the year, which is another weird phenomenon. I never understand people who want to start the new year by being inebriated to the point where they actually are having a hangover for the first day of the year. But that's an unusual thing in and of itself. But would you want to start the year? I, I, I can't help. It might be the worst way to start a new year by drinking Budweiser. I, I mean, of all the intellectual property they own, I would also argue that's not one of the more tasteful ones. But nevertheless, would you, uh, if you drank for New Year's, did you drink a Bud Light or Budweiser? I, I'm i not saying you should see a therapist. I'm not a big fan. But just know that you are loved, surely, by statistically speaking, there's probably so many in your life who cares about you. And you don't have to drink that. It, things will get better. I, I, it's Statistically speaking, it's most likely. But that sad thought aside, they did get eight comments. And perhaps I'm alone in this, this assessment. Maybe... I mean, they're all authentic, brilliant, articulate people who want to, you know, chime in on this. I mean, odds are against that, but let's dive in. The first one comes from Paul Seabeer. And it looks like they did an emoji of a Super Bowl or like a, I forget what you call the cheese thing. There's like a bowl with a candle under it and there's cheese. And three glasses of beer. So... Using words was above this person's intellect. They just spoke in emojis, which as a guy, I think is always a little weird. And so his, he responded it. And with those emojis, going to his profile, he has 202 followers, joined in 2010. So been around the block quite a bit. And looks like he is reposting. He likes sports balls. He likes, what is this? The ability to win stuff if you repost things for Better Call of Saul. What the hell? A lot of random stuff. Eh, I guess it's, it has some original post. So it, it seems to be a real person. A lot of reposting. And Budweiser, to their moderate defense, they actually had an intellect enough to actually respond to this person. And they said, that's the spirit. And I assume Budweiser is the actual person that liked this person's response. And hilariously enough, only 68 people saw his comment. Now going to another one, Cloud9Dreams, star emoji. She says, I'm ready for MLB baseball to be back so I can have my buds at a game. Surely she means her friends. And Budweiser responded. Budweiser did not like her response. Actually, no one did. But it is there on the internet. And Budweiser said, March 28th can't come soon enough. That got one like. Presumably, she liked it. So let's go. To, and then she also commented again, separately, saying, I got you. 
And they responded saying, we're on the way, which almost sounds like a threat. Bud Light is on the way. Dear God. I don't even. I don't. I, I'm not going to send you that Bud Bud Light or Bud in this case Budweiser. Can't think of a worse way to start a party here. Actually, I just thought of it. For weeks we would talk about the Bud Light sweet stakes for the giveaway that that swill if you were to win if by putting your name and they harvest your data. Which business wise, I understand that data is a very powerful thing. But if you were to win a case of Bud Light or a Budweiser, what you could do is you keep it hidden in the house. Obviously, you want people to see it. And if you have a party that's running late and you're getting tired, you're hosting the party and you kind of want people to leave, but you don't want to be a dick about it. So you're trying to think of a nice way to get people to leave without being bombastic or telling them it's time to go. What you do is just whew, dust off that case of Bud Light, bring it to the center of the room. Everyone sees it and they think, oh, dear God, is that how the party's going to go? Oh, dear God, no, please no. And they also absolutely rush out as soon as possible, making up a myriad of excuses why they need to go out. You know, they left the stove on, the house is on fire, whatever excuse they could think of. That that very well may be a good, not, thanks to this post from Budweiser, that very well be, may be the 13th reason we thought of or thing we thought of that you could legitimately do if you were to quote unquote win a case of Bud Light. Great way to quickly and effectively end a party by almost as a repellent by getting people to leave as soon as possible. Interesting. Now we go down more into the comments. Hunter Biden's official parody account says, quote, sounds great. I'll take a bucket of Coors Light, unquote. And they use a GIF, or as the youth might call a GIF. And terrible marketing. The peanut butter company did not trademark or patent this idea at all. Ridiculous. And it's just a GIF of someone reaching into a bucket of Coors Light and taking out a cold can. They did get two likes. And interestingly enough, I don't think this person's gotten banned because this person sounds familiar from other Budweiser and Bud Light posts. They banned, or at least Bud Light banned my profile, my personal profile at Nick Topping. They banned that on X because I had the audacity to respond to one of their posts saying, thanks for giving me the reminder to buy some Yangling. And I just had a picture of the Yangling bottle and the Yangling can in my podcast interview studio. And they banished me just for that. So I'm surprised this is actually allowed to stay up. I'm surprised you know, Budweiser didn't censor it. Scrolling down, someone by the name of Yvonne Franco says, quote, draft does not come in a bucket, unquote. Which, technically it could. You just take the big bucket of swill and just crank open the tap and it'll score, go into the bucket and just drink it like soup. Which, again, it's not, like you're, it's not like you're sipping a Bud Light and appreciating the nuances and the textures and the notes of whatever the hell they put in that thing. It's not like an aged, delicious, it's not like a whiskey or it's not like a bottle of Blanton's or anything like that or a Lagavulin. It's... It's a volume product, and it has a modicum of alcohol to make it, I suppose, effective enough for people to feel inebriated. So, technically, Mr. Yangming Franco, I would say fact check wrong. You could put it in a bucket by just taking a bucket, turning on the tap, and fill it up with Budweiser Bud Light. And it would technically be draft. Nevertheless, next comment. Jesse responded with the juxtaposition of Dil Mulvaney and the Audrey, Audrey Hepburn hairstyle. Um, a diamond necklace is just terms of the cultural phenomenon, Dill Mulvaney's made $185,000 for the Bud Light endorsement brand deal. And that necklace is probably worth more than my car. Nevertheless, Dill Mulvaney has the diamond necklace, diamond earrings, and some type of pink dress. And juxtaposition picture next to Dylan is a picture of the Bud Light blue can. That got three likes, which 
again, uh, removing an identity from a brand or when you have such two brands or two businesses that are so closely associated to each other, it is so hard to remove that as brand association. And people will argue, well, there's only one or two pictures in a video. Yes, but that solidified the business's fate in many ways. And again, it's not detrimental in terms of they lost 30% of their sales of the specific Bud Light brand. They're not going out of business tomorrow. They got 40 plus brands that Anheuser-Busch InBev owns. So again, they're going to be around for quite some time. But in terms of the brand association of having Vin Mulvaney with it, I can't help but think that's going to take a couple of years, if ever, to actually re remove that brand from that individual. Let me know in the comments if you think it'll take longer than that. Scrolling down, Otis Draftwood says, quote, okay, horse piss, unquote. And it is a picture of the deplorable U.S. Senator Democrat, I forget his name. He is being serviced in the government facility. And someone photoshopped the hand from the Bud Light commercial or the Bud Light photo, where it's a hand holding the Bud Light aluminum bottle. That did get two likes. Is that it? Yeah, interestingly enough. Eight comments. So you had two good ones. So as the youth might say, they're a ratio to say the least, which is even more interesting when you consider in terms of brand damage, Bud Light is the one that's really getting the full attention. Because again, the specific brand endorsement granted, you know, Anderson Bush and Bad wrote the check was for Bud Light. That was the infamous Bud Light can with Bill Mulvaney's face on it, which is probably one of the most valuable pieces of business memorabilia or business history you could argue in the past couple hundred years in terms or meh, at least 50 years in terms of having a, an effect on a brand i mean that's cost them billions of dollars not just you know stock market going down for a long time but also lost sales i mean in one quarter alone they had 400 million dollars just vanished in sales thanks to that campaign that they had and it was a short-lived campaign it was only a couple days long get, don't get me wrong it, I hilariously maybe ironically enough the campaign started April 1st, but I can't but think in terms of the future of Budweiser, I mean, Budweiser wasn't hit as bad. That's something about 10 to 12% of their sales down compared to Bud Light, which is around 30%. And on social media, it's usually not as bad for Budweiser, and it's usually even less as bad for Anheuser-Busch, because they all have the individual social media profiles. So to have so many people ratio the Budweiser profile, I actually thought the Budweiser profile on X, Twitter would have actually gotten a little bit less critique as time goes on, but truth be told, I mean, it's been nearly, eh, yeah, it'll be the one year anniversary before we know it. And in terms of the social media and the cultural pushback, it's still appears to be as strong as ever. So let me know in the comments, do you think Bud Light will actually, or rather Budweiser, the social media will actually maybe turn around in 2024? Do you think it'd be about the same like ratio and, or and detrimental or critique comment ratio? As always, it'd be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Now going over to the political part podcast, you have Vivek not canceling his Iowa trips and critiquing the mainstream media. Now this comes to thanks to his individual Twitter account or as more people are calling it on X. And for the quick little video he hosts, he says specifically in text, and again, within a day it got half a million views, so not too shabby. And he says, quote, It's snowing hard in Sioux City, Iowa. Well, man up, we're not canceling our events. Our events will proceed. Corporate shill candidates beware, unquote. And truth be told, Iowa is one of the coldest states. 
don't know if that's a new urban dictionary for cool is in hip as well. I mean, it's that as well, don't get me wrong. But physically speaking, it's also one of the coldest places. Back when I was in Iowa, truth be told, I was selling cars for a little while. And it was the eighth coldest winter in Iowa's history. And I was standing out there. Let's just say I built a lot of character during that experience. But without further ado, we'll go ahead and go to Vivek. The other campaigns are canceling events today, not us. We have multiple events planned across northwest Iowa. We're keeping them intact. If you can't handle the snow, you can't handle Xi Jinping. That's what I would say. I love this process. The best part of it is meeting the voters across the state. So we're going to Woodbury County. We're going to Sioux City right now with an event that's going to start soon. For people seeing this across the state, keep coming out to the events. We're actually going to keep them intact. I know Nikki Ailey and others couldn't handle it. Well, let them do it their way. We're doing it our way. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys today. The Iowa caucus is on January 15th. We take it seriously. We respect this process. And you know what? It's amazing how the mainstream media is trying to paint one narrative of this race. I consider it now bordering on a level of election interference in this GOP caucus right here in Iowa. Don't let them get away with it. I'm the most censored candidate in this race, but it's not up to them, and I don't report to them. I report to you, the people of this country, and it starts right here in Iowa. And so you look outside, you know, we're entering the beginning of the snowstorm. It's, it's bad, but it's not that bad. I mean, I think that, I think we're gonna be fine. Ray, you wanna say hi to everybody? Don't, don't, don't you don't have to look Hello, our way. We got a, we got a good bus driver good. here. So good. He's gonna keep us safe and, and we're gonna do this. And let's man up a little bit. So as you can say, did pretty good on social media. Got about half a million views. In terms of the like ratio, did get 18,000 likes. Now, to a detriment, no one is perfect, obviously. For this particular instance, he's wearing a, looks like a, I don't know what you call it, a plush jacket or an outdoor jacket. He did not, as I mentioned, I should, obviously, suit up. So a little bit of a detriment there, but nevertheless, I'm sure he'll recover in the polls. Now, going to the comments section, one of the first ones comes from Great One. They say, quote, To any young person watching this, learn from Vivek what it means to embody hard work, dedication, commitment, and persistence. These qualities can propel you forward and upward trajectory in life. I consider myself fortunate to have embedded these values since childhood. Unquote. Got 279 likes. Right Angle News Network, which, A plus for marketing, their logo is quite literally a geographical image of a right angle. And they say, quote, The media hates Vivek because they know Vivek would hold them all to all accountable as president we the people see you vivek keep up the amazing work you are doing you have a place in the presidency in 2028 follow me if you agree unquote they got 117 likes space weather news which not certainly not a plus remark they don't even have a picture of space in their profile picture but nevertheless this alleged space network news or space weather news rather they say quote this is the kindest way I've ever seen anyone say go F yourself to Nikki Haley, unquote. Though I did not say the actual F word to try to keep this moderately family friendly. And that got 152 likes. Let's see, Colin Rivers, or Silver says rather, imagine Donald Trump, Alex Jones, Vivek, all in the same administration. America would definitely be great again, unquote. They got 78 likes. LA says, quote, it's Iowa, it snows, life goes on, I live there, the people of Iowa are tough, a little snow doesn't scare them, unquote. Goddamn right. That also got 49 likes. Kyle Reese says, quote, one manned up, the other lost her, her heels, go get him Vivek, unquote, getting 42 likes. And perhaps as a reference to one of the earlier events in which Nikki Haley did cancel 
and there's an awkward picture of an empty restaurant. Now, allegedly, she went to some other restaurants because she has some other campaign uh, photos of her. Granted, people, Americans do eat a lot of food, so I'm not sure how much of an endorsement that is, but nevertheless. Let's see here. Marcus Pitter says, quote, man of the people, Vivek will always show up, unquote. I got 53 likes. Let's see here. Do one or two more. Winnie Sokala says, quote, you always put a smile on young grassroots people. Face Vivek, unquote, getting 34 likes. All in on crypto, which I can only guess what their financial portfolio looks like. They say, quote, keep going Vivek, unquote, getting 36 likes. Blackjack Perishing says, quote, Bird Brain forgot her boots, and one of Ron's has a flat. Very sad, unquote. Got 19 likes. Ooh, we have a contrarian statement. Hit scroll a little bit. We're starting to find a couple. Red56 has a comic caricature, so there's two cells of this comic. One has a group of people, and they're all raising their hand, and the speaker at the podium says, quote, how many... How many like what Vivek says? And they all raise their hand. The juxtaposition other cell of the comic has the same speaker at the podium saying, how many of you would vote for Vivek? And no one is raising their hand. And it looks like, can't tell if someone's like throwing a scarf or something, but there's some random squiggly line. And yeah, that's one of the issues is a lot of people like him, but one of the most common comments we keep seeing on the show when we're covering this is, we think you'll do great in 2028. And... Because, again, there's such an overwhelming support for Donald Trump. It's almost around 50% more in the poll aggregator in the DeSantis when you look at the delta between Trump and the second place for the Republican nominee. It's, the delta is huge, to say the least. And Vivek is usually around 4.8% in the poll aggregator. He peaked, I want to say about six to eight weeks ago. He's around 11% in the poll aggregator, and he's beating Nikki Haley. She subsequently got a lot more funding. A lot of the DeSantis funders who were supporting DeSantis in super PACs have transitioned over to Nikki Haley. That's that's subsequently why I think she's increased in the polls a little bit. And she did pass DeSantis briefly, but Vivek is still around 4.8%. And it'll be interesting to see, again, I mean, is it just timing? Because, you know, timing is half everything in life. But it'll be interesting to see, I mean, again, look strong through these comments. I mean, an overwhelming majority of these are just all overwhelmingly positive. And some of them, you could argue they're neutral. If they're not. They're just saying, yeah, we'll vote for you in 2028. But, yeah, be, <laughs> excuse me. It'll be interesting to see, I mean, when the tires really hit the pavement, what are the real numbers? As, again, these polls usually have between 300 and maybe 4,000 people uh, sample sizes. And granted, it's a poll aggregator, so it's an average of those polls. But still, I mean, this thing is perfect poll. There's also, depending on how you word it, you can get different results. So it'll be interesting to see if this actually, you know, helps propel him in the polls or he stays about the same. And let me know, would you vote for him in 2028? Or do you think, are you willing to vote for him in 2024 over Trump? Let me know, as always, be fascinated to hear what you have to say. <coughs> Excuse me. Other interesting political news, you have Ron DeSantis and he... Apparently, is calling out Republicans for selling out. Now, this is on his individual profile on X, also known as Twitter. And he says, before the quick little video, quote, By agreeing to the establishment budget deal, House Republicans are selling out everything they ran on in 2022. They promised to change the way Washington operates. They said that they are going to hold these agencies accountable. 
Instead, they're funding the status quo into per perpetuity over the fear of a government shutdown. We need a president who will use the bully pulpit, lay a marker down, and stand strong to deliver results to the voters. I will do that just as I have as governor. Unquote. And for him, well, did okay on social media. Again, within I took these statistics 24 hours after posting and got 360,000 views and 5.5 thousand likes. So not 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 the best like ratio, but there's still some people liking him. And hilariously enough, it actually has a Skype logo on the video. And if you have any suggestions for picture-in-picture -picture production software, I'm taking recommendations because I do want to increase the quality of the show. And I know that's something people would appreciate. But without further ado, I'll go ahead and play the audio really quick. Then on this budget, look, this is just selling out uh, everything that they ran on in 2022. You know, they said that they were going to change uh, the way Washington operates. They said that they were going to hold these agencies accountable. You know, that's the thing. The House of Representatives is supposed to, because they're armed with the power of the purse, uh, be the people's redress for when government misbehaves, when government violates people's rights, when government doesn't do its core functions like it's failing to do at the border. If you're willing to just simply fund the whole thing into perpetuity, then you're never going to get any of those uh, practices change. And so he says, oh, well, we're, we're really concerned about a, a, quote, government shutdown. Well, what's going on now with the status quo is shutting down our country. Mm -hmm. It's shutting down the American dream. It's shutting down our sovereignty. Why would you want to just green light the current order of things, given how bad all this is? But, you know, this has been standard practice, I think, for Republicans for a long time. What would you really just need is leadership. I mean, I think Trump, when he was president, he had an opportunity to change some of this. It just wasn't anything he wanted to fight on. I mean, he signed a massive uh, spending bill, I think his first or second year in office, and he pledged he would never do it again. And yet he did it, I think, a half a dozen times again, culminating in CARES Act 1 and 2, which added another $4 trillion to the debt just in his last year in office. But I think if you have a president that lays down the marker that's going to galvanize Republican voters and a lot of independent voters around the country. And then that puts pressure on these guys to actually do what they say they're going to do. And I think one of the problems is, is they're allowed to campaign as conservatives. Then they get up and they just do business as usual, but they don't really get called on it uh, the way we need to. Using that bully pulpit will make a difference. Um, and we'll be able to lay a marker down and say we're not going to we're just not going to allow this to happen. And you know what? That's happened with me and my life. I've worked well with the Florida legislature, but, you know, we had an issue on congressional redistricting. I said, look, I'm going to veto this. I don't this is not going to work for me. You know, they went ahead and passed it. I vetoed it. They had to go back in special session and, and fix it. So you just got to be willing to use your leverage and use your constitutional authority. Some interesting ideas. There's definitely way too many people who get paid way too much to do very little Maybe we'd argue they do hardly anything at all over in D.C. And one of the issues is these omnibus packages where, again, I don't think we're, gonna, we're not going to see a lot of changes in politics until that key issue is addressed. And that's one of those instances where they just do nothing all year long. Very similar to perhaps a student cramming for an exam or more accurately maybe to write a essay in college where they do nothing for the whole semester or whole year. Then at the you know final hour before it's due, they take a bunch of coffee and they just write it out. Though that's probably actually more hard work and articulation than actually something the government would do. That student would probably be more effective. But nevertheless, <laughs> it's one of those instances where, well, 
they're not going to do anything all year long, basically. And then at the end of the year, they have this big package of thousands of different laws, rules, and stipulations, and budgets. And in those instances where if you don't vote for it, you're pressured and you look bad and people who aren't educated in the nuances of it will realize, oh, wait, this person just didn't want to pass something that they didn't even have time to read because it's, so, it's, the size, it's the size of a dictionary. And they're worried maybe people at home in their district will get angry because the government shut, got shut down. Granted, I don't know anyone actually is affected by that. But that it's a, it's a mechanism that incentivizes them to all agree with it. Because if you have that big omnibus package, if you're on the left or the right, wherever political affiliation you are, they always make sure there's a win for them in there. So that way they can go back home to their district and go, hey, I know we hate all that bill, but we got this one shiny little thing out of it. And that's how, it, it's, that's how they all do it. Everyone gets at least one little shiny thing in there so they can take that back and they use the campaign. They go, hey, I, I didn't like this other stuff either, but they still voted for it because they want to pretend like they got a win. And that way they, it's almost as if the politicians are akin to children playing soccer and they just, everyone gets a trophy regardless of efforts or actual, you know, in, I was going to say intellect, you don't need a lot of intellect, you know, soccer. Regardless of perhaps more accurate term would be regardless of, I would say, effort or results. They just all get a trophy. So that's one of the main issues that I've seen in D.C. lately, well, for many years, frankly. Now, going to the comments section, it's usually about a 50-50 split between people who like DeSantis and people who don't like them. And... In terms of political, you know, an interview he just did, which is what we just saw, wasn't like a commercial with bombastic music and imagery. I think it was pretty good. And actually, truth be told, that on this budget, we actually muted it really quick. I don't think he used his, well, granted, his interview, I don't think he tried to smile, but we didn't see his awkward smile at the end, now that I think about it. He's talking, he's talking, he's talking. Let's see. Four. Yeah, he's talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have that really awkward smile. He just kind of talks as if you're having a normal conversation, which, I mean, so for some people, it's just it's just more awkward and worse to actually fake an inauthentic smile than to just keep, talk as normal. And perhaps he's starting to learn that, because, again, as soon as it, th it may sound, the littlest things can make all the differences in the polls. There's a whole industry of analytics behind, you know, whole surveys and groups, so they'll show you different candidates and, just by the way, just a single button undone or done on a jacket can influence the perception of a perspective candidate. It's a fascinating psychological it's science in and of itself. And I can't but think maybe he got enough feedback where he realized, eh, I should stop you know, doing that awkward smile. It's not helping me out. And who knows, as silly as that sounds, maybe it'll help him polls. Great. Personally, I think the actual methodologies, the track record of the candidate, and the actual you know, policies, prescriptions, how to fix things, if that matters the most. But... If you're not closely following politicians and you're just turning on the, the TV every once in a while, I mean, perhaps that really, I mean, it does make a difference. And perhaps for those people especially, it makes more of an influence on the perception. That'd be fascinating to dive into the data sometime. Granted, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but if you click the subscribe button, it may very well help with my speaking ineptitudes, my stuttering, my speaking too quickly. I guess very few guarantees in life. However, if you click the subscribe button, it very, may very well may assist and can't hurt to give it a shot. So I would greatly appreciate it, again, if you click that button. Now, going to the comments section, one of the first ones comes from Dustin Grage, alligator emoji, or crocodile emoji. Personally, I can't tell the difference in the emoji community, and I do apologize right here right now. I should be a little more studious. And 
He simply says, Ron DeSantis or bust. Let's go. Fire emoji. And it looks like it's Denzel Washington. And it's a gif of him saying, my man. And they did get 179 likes. Someone by the name of Unfiltered Boss says, quote, We need to elect DeSantis. Trump had his chance and he failed. It's time for a real change in D.C., unquote. They got 349 likes. Chris Mandiant says, quote, This is why we need to elect DeSantis. Make Congress do their jobs. Hold their feet to the fire, unquote. And they got 285 likes. So right now, this is unprecedented. I mean, three for three. I mean... I know public schools are all-time low for test scores and ACD scores are at 30, 30 or 32-year low. Yeah, the teachers' unions say they deserve more money. Go figure. So we'll do a little math here today. Three out of three, that is 100% like ratio thus far in terms of the comments and the feedback, which is pretty darn good, to say the least. And... Nope, we're done. So Mr. Wild Bill NC, who has a picture of Trump with a MAGA hat as his profile, so... You pretty good marketing, excuse me, pretty good marketing. You know what they're probably affiliated with, politically speaking. And he says, quote, seven more days and it's over for you, unquote. And it looks like it is a, uh, was it a video of DeSantis debating Trump? Or DeSantis is speaking on the screen. Oh, it's Trump, Trump's giving him accolades. And they got 88 likes. Let's see here. Frank Copylove says, quote, one week until you lose the Iowa caucus, says Ron, unquote, getting 34 likes. So not, not so good. The ratio is going down a little bit more. Doug Gullier says, quote, DeSantis or bust. Thumbs up emoji, unquote, getting 54 likes. So come back up a little bit. Burt Macklin, who in the profile is, in fact, a picture of Andy from Parks and Recreation in the Burt Macklin FBI suit and glasses. And his hashtag is actually at hashtag Burt Macklin FBI or underscore FBI. And he says, quote, we need to get the spending under control, unquote, getting 97 likes. Let's see. Lori says, quote, something needs to change. We can't go backwards anymore. DeSantis is the best for our future, unquote, getting 73 likes. Red Wave Press says, quote, we need a president who won't approve these massive spending deals, unquote, getting 55 likes. See here. China Joe cheated says, quote, imagine the king of the establishment talking about the establishment. Tick, 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 tick. Almost the end of the 15 minutes for you, unquote. And it's a juxtaposition, juxtaposition rather, of a conference room. It looks like a gymnasium in Ottomum, Iowa, and it says Trump 2024, and the room is packed to the brim with many red hats, and it's juxtaposed with a small room for Ron in Ottomum, Iowa, and it's a room with much less people and no red hats at all. And that juxtaposition of pictures in the text did get 18 likes. Let's see. Digital Sass says, quote, Gotta love that DeSantis thinks he can handle Congress when he can't even get rid of the red flag laws in his own state, unquote. They got seven likes. Now, a couple more positive statements are brewing to the surface. Or, sort of brewing, we're not talking about beer or beverages, what would be a better metaphor? Are, what kind of high heels, what kind of noise do high heels make? Is it the clicky clicky click? So, some positive comments are clicky clicky clicking to the top, or starting to come to the surface. Katie says, quote, couldn't agree more, unquote, getting eight, 
10 likes actually. See here. Werther Marciales says, quote, DeSantis will get these clowns in line. Hashtag DeSantis delivers, unquote. Getting 10 likes. And perhaps the DeSantis campaign actually took my feedback. Because I've been saying DeSantis delivers for months now. Truth be told, how they don't have that on swag merchandise and in every one of their campaign commercials is beyond me. Again, I'm not sure. I don't know who is in charge of the DeSantis campaign marketing. Because, again, it actually is quite a remarkable feat of marketing in terms of ineptitudes when you could take something that had a proven track record where many people would argue is a good product or in this case a good service or public service where DeSantis did many things in Florida that people really appreciated. A lot of people moved to Florida because DeSantis and they took that reputation where he was polling around 33% last January 2023 for the the polls for the Republican nominee. He's gone from about 33% and in 12 months he went down to about 12.1% which is almost impossibly bad it's and it's kind of like a train like rack you really can't help but keep looking you're just so fascinated with i, I can't fathom what is the marketing department going to do this week they, they keep shooting themselves in the high-heeled boot with a 50 caliber i, I just when you think they can't do anything worse they, they just do it again so it will be interesting to see and we'll do one or two more comments here but yeah again he needs to needs new better more effective people in the marketing department let's see Casual ambivert says, quote, I'm sorry, but I'll never trust you. It's nothing you've done, but more so how you speak to people, unquote. They got five likes. American Girl, which is a profile picture, is in fact of an American or allegedly girl. Although I do not see a bald eagle or an American flag or I was going to say Chevrolet, but that's a French name. So we'll just say this alleged. And she, I don't even think she has a gun. So this alleged American girl, she says, quote, Mega Mike betrayed us, unquote, getting six likes. So they seem to get more and more negative. Let's see. We'll do one, try to find one more that has more than, you know, one or two likes here. Let's see. Well, this one... NC Defender says, quote, I'm not sure about you, Ron DeSantis, anymore. You're becoming irrelevant too soon, and Haley is hot on her heels, unfortunately. She's got to go. Back Trump, unquote. And they got three likes. So, again, let me know in the... Ca- what the heck? I'll do one more, because it's so bizarre. Maybe do a double take. So, someone by the name of Maga Man has a sketch or cartoon, and I... I suppose it's a roast, pun intended. It is a cartoon of DeSantis wearing high-heeled boots with a fork in him. And the text on the screen says he's done, unquote. They did get eight likes. And as we scroll down, they get more and more... Uh, they are more and more critiquing Ron than, so, than actually supporting him. Or as the youth might say, they just simply ratioed him, to say the least. So it'll be interesting to see... I mean. His campaign has gone down so much. I mean, what will it take for him to realistically turn it around? And can he turn it around in time? I mean, again, I'm not sure who's in charge of his campaign right now or if he's actually hired someone with a modicum of intelligence, but they certainly need to shake, shake some things up, to say the least. Let me know in the comments. Has your perception of DeSantis decreased in the past year? Or has it maintained? Or has it actually gone up in the past year? 
as usual, be fast in here, what you have to say. Now going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Boy stock dropped about 9% after the news hit that their door just popped out during a, during a flight. So this was a couple days earlier, and this thing comes to us thanks to The Guardian. And they noted that, quote, Boeing shares fall after a door panel blown out of the plane mid-flight. Now they also know that part supplier Spirit Aerosystems also affected after U.S. regulators ground the 737 Max Maxes with door plugs. And specifically, let's see here. So this was, oh yeah, it was Alaskan Airlines. So Alaskan Airlines, they were actually the one where they actually popped out and they had to do an emergency landing. And I believe the Mythbusters were proven true years ago. Here's a good use case. No one actually, you know, was sucked out of the fuselage. So thankfully, thank God everyone was safe in this particular instance. Now, they note that the door plug is a panel fitted to replace the emergency door in some versions of a 737 MAX 9 that tore away from the plane soon after it took off from the Portland airport bound for Ontario, California. It looks like the U.S. regulators ordered the temporary grounding of all Max 9 models with door plugs pending inspections after the incident, whose consequences could have been much more severe, but for the fact that near seats were vacant and passengers were still wearing seatbelts. Which, that's fascinating in and of itself. When was the last time you were on an airplane, there was actually vacants in the seats, which is perhaps how bad tourism and just overall visiting to California is these days. But usually, I mean, historically speaking, every aviation company overbooks their flights partially because of the razor, some parts of the business are razor thin in terms of profit margins. They just can't have empty seats, but also optimization. It's been industry practice for, I would say probably about a decade. So I'm actually fascinated that some of them actually had open seats by them. Now they also note that the hole that resulted in the fuselage is described as being as wide as a refrigerator and the wind blowing out was so powerful that it sucked, it sucked the shirt off of a teenage boy sitting nearby, but the plane managed to land safely with no casualties, which that sounds so... I, how would that happen? Perhaps the kid had really loose shirts? I, I know that was hip for a while, as the youth might say. And in terms of the overall stock trend of Boeing, if you look, kind of kind of zoom out a little bit and look at the wide trend, breaking it down, their five-year trend for the stock, which, again, it's one of the most established companies in history with a huge... I mean, the amount of things they've created throughout the years, the Flying Fortress, I mean, it is fascinating and very impressive their manufacturing capabilities, their engineering capabilities. I mean, they've been around, not since sliced bread, but a lot of people would argue they're a cornerstone of Americana. They've been around forever. And their stock, though, surprisingly, has been doing so great. And they've expanded throughout the years. They used to be known as only a defense contractor, realistically. They mean a lot of things for the defense industry. They actually had to argue and fight to get into the aviation industry for the consumer segment. And ironically now, if you ask most Americans, the perception I think a lot of Americans see the perception as consumer-grade commercial aviation. So it's kind of fascinating to see the cultural perspective of the company kind of flip throughout the years. Now, <laughs> excuse me, again, going to their, in terms of like the overall life cycle of the stock, they're doing great, obviously, you know, the whole life of the company. It looks like historically they're up 3,143.68%. Because again, not every single time, but more often than not, most established companies throughout history, they will increase in value. Now, in terms of kind of zooming in a little bit, look at the five-year trend for Boeing stock. They're down 36.03%, which is pretty bad to say the least. And fascinating when you juxtapose it with all the defense contractors where, again, perhaps this is a downside of having 
a diversified portfolio in terms of Boeing has a very large presence in the consumer grade market and the military grade market. If you look at military stocks past 10 years, past five years, past year especially, those stocks are all doing exceptionally well. The companies like Lockheed Martin, which they're another aerospace company, perhaps best known for the F-35 Lightning II, being their really most popular, really is a top of the line fighter jet in many ways, though there are limitations and it's not as great as it was advertised as it would be. But that's a company where they're also an aviation company. They make many different planes, but an overwhelming majority of their value is with government contracts. It's, I believe, in the 90th percentile. So they're very much dependent on the government. So when there's slack in the consumer demand, so people aren't flying as much for consumer, for, you know, just flying around the U.S., that decreases the demand for the aviation companies to buy new consumer commercial jets and commercial airliners. Well, that's detrimental to Boeing, but it really doesn't hurt the other defense contractor industry in the aviation segment. Now, again, past five years, which, again, there's, again, this stock, it trades so frequently by the time this video is rendered and put on them interwebs, it probably, the stock will certainly be different, but as the time of this recording is, 250 or sorry, $225.76 per share. And it looks like fun little facts are established in 1916 on July 15th in Seattle. Founder, of course, is William Boeing. And looks like they got 156,000 employees as of 2022. But yeah, you were trading. I mean, five years ago, it was at 350, what was it? $352.90 per share. Now it's down to 225. Again, that's a five year trend. The one-year trend, they're actually up by about 10%, which, again, that's not year-to-date. That's the past 12 months. So the past 12 months, they're up. Now, year-to-date, granted, it's only been you know a couple weeks, it's down negative 12.25%. In the past six months, it's still, however, increased 5.84%. But in the past month, that's where it's down 9%. And in terms of since this news broke out, it's more, it's fallen between 9 and 10%, depending on what day and time you're looking at the stock ticker. So it certainly had a negative detrimental effect to their stock price and as well as the brand perception because while there's not a lot of startups in the aerospace community, there are a couple of competitors, especially Airbus and a couple of um, Bombardier, a couple, so Bombardier I believe is more of their headquarters in France, which again, the aviation company that does have defense contracts as well as consumer game products as well. But you have Airbus perhaps being the 500-pound elephant or panda in the room. There's a lot. There, there's not a lot of competition, but the competition is big, and they all have pretty good capabilities. So, in terms of consumer preferences, I don't think it's one of those fascinating instances where consumer demand and individual demand may not very really. I don't think will dictate what the airlines are going to do. Because in this instance, is, you do have a lot of airlines where they have, they bid for these particular routes. That's why if you try to boycott a specific aviation company, you're really, or I should say a carrier, it won't be that effective because more often, in many cases, they have an exclusive rights because they have to bid with the FAA to fly certain routes. That's why a couple years ago, there's a huge uproar with Delta where they beat the crap out of a innocent flight um, a passenger and everyone was revolting and all angry with it. And then today, the I mean, the sales really didn't go down too much. Because again, a lot of the routes are locked in. And in this case, people like you and I are not buying a Boeing airplane. It's the airlines that are actually purchasing these. And it is causing downtime, but in terms of consumer um, perception, it's not as important as other companies, fascinatingly enough. Because I don't think most people, in terms of you and I, when we're looking at flights, we're not going to say, oh, well, well what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of plane is this? You know, who's it making it? 
At the end of the day, I think downtime is what's really going to hurt their brand. So it's, this is a business blunder, obviously, because again, they've had a lot of issues with these planes and hopefully with some investigation, we'll start to see and have some detailed analysis of why. Is it the hiring practices? Is it having workers be sloppy? They're just not paying attention to detail? Is it these parts suppliers not being evaluated enough in the department? You're not quality control is up. But we're seeing more and more instances of failure with Boeing. And again, downtime for any business is detrimental. That's why a lot of people when you're trying to provide solutions around cybersecurity or infrastructure in terms of technologies or pretty much anything in business, it has to keep the business working. As long as the business can make a profit and they can interact with their end users, they're doing good. If you have anything that takes them offline, or in this case, probably tender takes them out of the air, a different type of online takes them offline in that regard, they're losing money. Because again, in a lot of these aeros, a lot of these uh, carriers, they'll standardize on a single plane manufacturer and model too, which there may benefits in that regard. That means your mechanics can be more proficient at an individual kind of specialty. And that way they don't need to be more of a renaissance man where you know a little bit about a lot of different planes. You can specialize very much. And that way you can be much more proficient at your job and your role and have more of an in-depth knowledge. And of course, there's also cost relations to that. You could save by having spare parts of only one brand. There are a lot of reasons why it makes sense to consolidate in that regard. But again, these airlines, if they have these planes that are being ordered, the government's saying you can't fly these planes. These are down. Well, that means they're starting to bleed money. They're losing money. And that does hurt their brand perception on the end users. And again, the leases and the purchases that they make these vehicles for, it's not like it's a one-year lease on a car or something like that. They're not going to change overnight. But these instances keep having more and more and more. It could start to push these companies away. And it's not inconceivable to think Boeing might become an aerospace company only in defense industry in the future sometime. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, that being said, they still have a huge presence. They're one of the most successful companies of all time. It's not going to happen overnight. And I don't even think it'll happen in the next you know, four fiscal years. But it's still something to always be aware of, especially if you're working at Boeing, is your brand is very important. And when you have this type of downtime, when you're in multiple instances with the government saying, you're not allowed to operate these vehicles, they're basically de facto telling American Airlines all these companies, you can't operate. That's a huge business blunder, to say the least. And again, having a plane with a window pop out, that's most people's biggest fear in life as well. It's one, I mean, it's, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're having more and more of these instances of mechanical failure. And I mean, overall, this is just certainly the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in again today, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January. So if you click that button, I really appreciate it. Also, giving a thumbs up and leaving a comment is a great way to give me some additional feedback. I do apologize if it takes me a little while to get the comments, but I always try to get to them and I appreciate the additional feedback. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.